everybody. Welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. I'm Craig. I'm Daniel, and we just ate curry. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. We had curry it for lunch. It was really good. Yeah. You're in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah. Uh, really we'll find a curry yeah. spot. Well, this is a thematic podcast where we are attempting to make good theology automatic. We're just living it out in front of everybody. We take topics and questions that come from different social media inputs or our website, thematicpodcast.com, and we use them like prompts or subjects, and we just talk through. We don't right. know all the right answers, but we're seeking the right person who has all the right answers. That's right. Yep. Making theology automatic is what you do when you face questions like this one. Uh, this person, this came in through Instagram and this person said, I have faced a lot of closed doors and I know many people can resonate with that misspelling, but that wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) What an A type. Uh, just want to just point out this was not my work. (laughs) No, I am a terrible speller though. (laughs) Did you? you know that? No, I didn't know that. Thank goodness we have all this great technology. I know I rely on spell check. <laughs> yeah, you do. It probably was me. Anyway, this person says, I'm f- I have faced a lot of closed doors. I've been patient with it, but how do I respond? And yeah, I love this question because it's it's not like a, a theology question per se. It's not uh-huh. like a question about doctrine, but it's a real life question. And so mm-hmm. when we face situations like this, then the point of this podcast is to say, well, what does God have to say about this? Yeah. What, do, what would the Bible prescribe? What do we do? Daniel, have you ever faced a closed door? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and some often it's the best thing in the world. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I absolutely have. I have. Um, Doesn't always feel like it in the moment. No, though. no. So there's um, there's some question dissection I think that has to happen with this. Um, what I think the intent is, what it sounds like is this person has some sort of pursuit, a yeah. place they want to get to or go, and they perceive that there are barriers between where they feel either they want to go or where God's called them to go. And um, they feel like they've waited long enough. That's where I get the, like, I've been patient. Like, I've done the patience thing. Yeah. Now what? What's next? That's yeah. what I get from this question. Is that okay. kind of what you're getting? Or yeah, that's what I'm anything getting. different? I... Yeah. How about how about we start here? This is I I resonate with this question big time. Big time. There's been some significant things in my life that I've wanted that haven't come to pass. Mm. And so closed doors, you mm-hmm. could say. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's um other doors then that would be open because of that. And usually you look back. But I think for me, the biggest question of struggle that is tied to this is what how do you discern if a closed door or opportunities not opening is yeah but you you just got to keep going you got to stay faithful this is what you're supposed to do work hard to break through mm-hmm. versus god saying no yeah and the the biggest struggle for me is is not just something that I was like, well, that's that's my desire, and I'm praying God will you do it. But the biggest struggle is when you feel like it's something that God actually put on your heart to do, yeah, and then it's not happening, yeah. and then you're like, did I mishear you, or is this you telling me have faith and keep going? Mm-hmm. Have you ever yeah. felt that tension? Of course, yeah. My my 
So I have this thing about closed doors. Maybe no one's ever heard this before. Maybe it's just, but Jesus says, I am the door. So a framework that I've always used to look at, because obviously I'm an opportunity hopper. Like I love opportunity. You do. I love it. I see opportunity. I'm a real optimist. Um, And life or Jesus or a combination of both have presented me with a lot of really cool opportunities. Um, I have always said you don't respond to a closed door. You respond to open doors. Huh. So like there is no response to a closed door. You either wait or move on. And since I'm trying to follow Christ, there's no door between me and him. He is the door. So he's opening every door. If I follow him, that's always how I've looked at it, which maybe isn't very comforting, but a closed door to me, there's no breaking through it. I'm following Jesus. He is the door. So if I get a closed door, always, I just move on. I never pound through it. I don't knock harder. I'm just like, that's a closed door. So that's how I've always viewed it. Is that weird? Am I the weird one? Well, so if you've, is there like, what's a biblical example? What are we, what's our framework here? Like what's something that God told somebody to do? And then it was like, oh, this clearly isn't working, but, but then, okay. So like uh, Elijah praying for rain. Sure. He's like, go look at, where's the cloud? Nope. Second time. Nope. Third time. Nope. The seventh time he sees the cloud. So where is there an analogy in there of it's like, okay, that's a closed door. Yeah, but what was the purpose? Was the purpose like, did God need Elijah to pray to give the rain or did God send a chosen prophet that was literally going to change the world to be patient, to suffer and grow in faith? And I mean, like, what was the purpose? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So to me, the closed doors are the purpose for you to remain faithful and pursue Jesus in the hallway. Huh. Like that's the purpose. Like there's no opportunity outside of Jesus. Like everything you need for life and godliness, A, you already have and are in him. That combination of you following him gives you all that you need. So there's no place that you need to go that he already isn't. So there's no closed door. That's why I've always viewed it. Okay. So, so let's take your example because you say you resonate with it. So God has called you to do some things. You've been patient. You haven't seen some of these things come to fruition. Yeah, I, I would say without diving into the specifics, sure, sure. I would say there are some major life things that I really believe, duh, or believe, oh, you know, believe sure. that that was a call from God. Yeah, that this is this is what I have for you, and then, and then, it didn't happen that way. And so I'm similarly trying to be like, yeah. okay, well, well, what door are you opening and what are yeah. you, what are you leading? Um, but that's where the struggle is for me is like, it's not just like every door is shut. It's like, okay, you're opening this door. You're leading that yeah. way. I'm going to follow you. But what do I do with this part of me? That's like, I thought I heard you on that. Yeah. But it didn't happen. Is it just, is that, is that what you're talking about? Is yeah. you just got to live in that place of trusting? Yeah. That either he was using a season or a feeling or something to get you to where he really wanted you, or that's going to happen in a different time. Well, let's use scripture. So God's promises in Christ are yes and amen. He's all, He's always faithful to complete anything he starts. So if the concept or precept is God called me to do this, there is no way 
that when you follow him, he won't fulfill what he set out to do. Okay. Now, can there be disruptions? Can there be delays? Is there um, an adversarial presence and a fight against it? 100%. We can prove that in the book of Daniel. Mm -hmm. But here's Psalm 27. At the very end of Psalm 27, which for all people who are waiting between the promise and the payoff, they're in the process, right? That's the fancy, the little, yeah, yeah. the three pieces. That's the preacher. That's, That's the, the preacher. preacher. It. There's a promise and there's a payoff and that you're in the process. For someone like Abraham, it's years and years and years and years and years and years right. and years. Right. Now, in David feels like that. He's anointed to be king at 13. He doesn't take the throne until many years later. The promise was true when he was 13. Right. And he has to live in the caves and fight wars and he's never on the throne. He's like going to the bathroom in caves. This isn't the king's life. And he writes in Psalm 27, a Psalm of David at the very end, it says, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous. And yes, wait patiently. Like that's his like, it's like one of the best examples. <laughs> so good. Because it's like, we just read stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like all of those years, was he asking himself, did did Samuel get it wrong? Did Samuel mishear? But like, he's like, or yes. was he just like, no, I know I'm anointed. One day I'll be king. Or was he, he like, went so question. far to question, God, have you abandoned me? Like, huh. where are you? Like you said all these things. I'm living in a cave on, on the run for my life. Yeah. Acting like a crazy man with the Philistines, everything. How can we reconcile God's promise with our reality and the answer? is to suffer long because God is always faithful. Huh? There's, Gosh, there's your answer. A lot, there's probably a lot of answers in the Psalms. Yeah. Like how is. often do we talk to ourselves? I don't. I mean, I don't. I guess some people talk to themselves a lot, but do you speak to your own soul? And he's like, you speak to your he's soul like, and tell soul, you will praise the Lord. Like you will praise the yeah. Lord. Yeah. yeah. That's why some of the most inspiring and powerful and gut wrenching stuff is in Psalms because Jesus speaks to the world through the life of his people mm -hmm. and through David's suffering, some of the most potent words that God has said, Hey, those were inspired by me through his life. And that's your life too. So what do you think about, like, it made me think of Hebrews 11 where it's like the hall of faith is yeah. what we call it. All these people of faith and they're trusting God and they're, they're renowned for their faith. They're in this chapter because they're people of faith. And yet, a lot of the people, what they believed God for didn't, didn't happen come to pass. in their own life. Yeah. But it did eventually just not in their life. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So is that something that ought to encourage us or is it just a reality to consider? <laughs> yeah. The best response in my mind, the response that when I face closed doors, a, I have a great framework. I think that has preserved me. I'm like, Oh, well I can't miss the boat. I'm following Jesus. Like there's no way to miss it. I'm with him. He is our very great reward. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize it. I mean, I have had so many opportunities. I mean, just flat out. I have so many opportunities. I could have been a billionaire a million times. And I didn't go through the door or it wasn't open all the way. Or, But yeah. instead of like worried, I mean, I'm with, I have a wife and kids and a thriving faith. And who cares how much money you have, right? So here's, here's my point. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's the like thing that I turn yeah. to. Our God is well able to save us from this furnace. Next phrase. But even, even if, if he not. doesn't, we will not bow. That's the like, I want to be like that. God can absolutely do this and will do whatever he says. But even if he doesn't do it to me, I still believe. Yeah, of course.
that's that's the attitude we know we should have. I believe <laughs> no no. So if the if the question is pivoting to like what tips and tricks can you do while you're suffering? I believe that faith expression is the antidote. I believe it is the balm of Gilead to a hurting soul is to confess that mm. he's faithful. Mm. Because rather than just tell your soul to get under control, you start speaking how faithful God is and let the rock of that truth stabilize your wandering heart. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling I believe I have felt and seen when I am really struggling and I'm like, okay, I, bl I missed it. Or Jesus like is just going to let me hurt for a while. I say things like he may let me hurt for a little while, but at the end he is going to wipe away every one of these tears. Like I'm, I might suffer a while. So have there been times that you have felt this? Cause your, your attitude is great. It's something for us to all live up to. Like, man, I'm just with Jesus. I'm always with him. So how could I miss it? We all want to have that. It sounds like you, you have found a way to have that inspiring attitude, but has there ever been a time where you've struggled with a door that you thought you're supposed to go through and it got closed? Well, yeah, I mean, and, but it, I have a really great toolkit. So like, yeah, like two years ago or whenever it was, you were, a, had, I don't know, seven businesses yeah. doing well and COVID yeah. cleaned you guys out. Yeah. And so in that moment where you had lost all your fortune, yeah. what, what was your, what was your real response there? Were you at that place of like, I, God, I know you're taking care of us. No, no, hundred <laughs> percent not. No. Okay. Well, I didn't feel like God had abandoned me Sure. straight up looking right at the camera. I think life happens and because bad things happen doesn't mean God's not in control. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, it's not like God's not looking at me for a second and everything goes to hell in a handbasket. It's that we are assured persecution if we follow Jesus. Yeah. People are going to be mean to you. They're going to not accept you. Get ready. That's part of the life. A and promise. It's a promise. <laughs> They're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. And the other promise is that when sin entered the world, life the balance of life, even the earth tilted 23.5 degrees on his axis, the, the, the oceans gave up their deep. We got seasons where you can't grow food like sin. The Bible says the land is groaning out because man has dominion and man is in sin, right? Like it longs for the days where God is perfectly in control and our dominion is subjugated to him. We know that death and all that stuff is real. But what's more real is Jesus. So for three days when we lost everything and it didn't take long, right? It didn't take long because all of our money was coming from restaurants in Seattle <laughs> doing printing oh to get people to events and stuff like that. No events, no restaurant, none, dried up overnight, kept paying the staff, the whole thing. We lost everything. And I've lost everything twice, actually. I've gone from eight figures plus to nothing twice. Uh, first time I took a really hard second time, I was like, well, I guess we're just going to build again. I don't know what. It was about two days of me being like pity party. And the, what got me out of it was I listened to an old sermon. And it was a sermon that um, is from Judah Smith. And I just love it so much. I have to, I can't remember the title. Um, and it's just talking about Samson and that um, when, when his eyesight was taken from him.
that's when his hair began to grow again. And we know that the hair in the story is a source of his strength. And when things are at his lowest and he has no vision and he's tied to the millstone grinding, this is who God is. Your hair is still growing. The promise over you is still going. Then I remembered the book of Job where it says, though an iron band be clamped around a tree, there is hope for that tree at the scent of water. It will bud again. Just get the water back in your life. Get out of the pity party. Get back into like the water is my source. Jesus is my source. Your hair will grow again. Hmm. You just got to remember. Okay. So what? So if, that's what I did. What if, let's say this person is talking more like, like less, maybe this question is less about like, in your case, like, You've been God gifted with business, and, and by the way, as I understand it, I don't know if this is a fact. I, I I've heard that a lot of millionaires all have gone bankrupt multiple times. You know, and that's whatever that DNA thing is in people. That's like they go bankrupt and they go again. Yeah. But what if what if this person's question, let's say, is like, I felt like I was supposed to get married, or I want to get married. I'm mm-hmm. looking for that spouse, and I've been patient, like yeah. they said. It's not something you can force. It's not, yeah. some, I mean, I guess there's things you could do to try yeah. and get a spouse, but like, what if it's that type of question or maybe they were married and their spouse cheated on them and divorced them. Brutal. Um, those type of situations where it's like, doors have been closed. I'm trying to be patient with the Lord. What do I do now? So I wouldn't put... Your spouse cheats on you, you lose your marriage as a door closed. I think that is a death and it should be grieved and dealt with differently. Mm -hmm. A door closed to me means an opportunity Uh, or something in, there's something on the other side of this barrier that I want to get at and it's closed. Mm -hmm. Cause you, you know, um, doors that are closed in a hallway that you're not intending to go into, you don't even process them. Yeah, you, you only care about the door that's closed that you're trying to go through. Yeah. So so just to be clear, I wouldn't process the loss of a child, the loss of a marriage as a door that's closed. Okay, That's not the same yeah, thing. And I would deal sense. with it totally differently in my own life as well. Um, I don't think getting cancer is a door being closed, to be clear. yeah, I think things that are good that we want that are behind doors that we don't get the answer is always the same. I actually believe that's a very simple answer and it's wait patiently. And while you're waiting, rejoice Hmm. and talk to your soul, not by communicating to your soul, but start saying things that are true about God that revive your faith because at the scent of water, it will bud again. Okay. Let me do a different analogy then. You're in. Sorry. I have a really strong viewpoint on this. No, I like it. I like it. And I definitely agree that some of those things are not closed doors. They're yeah. Things to be mourned and, and, other people's sin choices and all that. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you're in a business and you are waiting, working hard towards getting X position Mm -hmm. and it's just like not happening, not happening, not happening. But then somebody else comes along and says, Hey, you want a job over here? How? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the point where you're like, and is there any th- theological framework? Maybe it's just like, hey, whatever you want to do. But Or is there a theological framework for approaching that situation where it's like, no, no, stick with this, keep working, even though it seems like the door's not opening. Yeah. But then here's this door over here. Yeah. But Or I, is this door a distraction? Door a lot. I get that door a lot. Like, I, I, so how do, you know if, I get, how do you know what doors are distractions? More, so, so my framework, like my viewpoint of the world means a closed door, I just, okay, move on. Like I don't even... like. May, and maybe that's a t- tip or a truth that could help you. Don't 
worry about it. That stupid phrase, like when God closes one door, he opens a window or like, <laughs> like that's how some people say it. I think a closed door is closed on purpose. Like we serve the God of the universe. He could kick it down. If he wanted you in it, you would be in it. So I, I wouldn't worry about those. Oftentimes I think people are like you too, are presented with multiple open doors. And how do you discern which one to walk right. through is actually more troubling to me than a closed door because you get one, you get there's basically two things that God only gives and it's freedom and will to live your life and the breath in your lungs and breath is time. It's the same thing. Like those are things the enemy can't provide you. And so what the enemy's always doing is trying to get you to waste your time, talents and attention on pursuits that are not for the Lord. Right. So how do you spend that I finite th- resource? Yeah. Right. I felt like specifically this year for my ministry, I really, we felt like we heard the Lord say, the things you say no to are just as important as the things you say yes yeah. to. It, and okay. I remember we so talked about that. And I was like, you, Craig, that is huge. Yes. So absolutely. what do you do? Yeah. Oh, How dude. do you know? What are the, what are the tools in the, you belt? know that you're asking the wrong person about this particular question because you say yes, I say to yes to everything. Things. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. That sounds great. The trouble that I have is a reputation management issue on the back end where yeah. I say yes to so many things. That is true, Daniel. And then I see, yeah, it is. <laughs> and then I seem or am flaky and don't follow through. So that's a different type of issue. Um, yeah. I run down the hallway and I go into every open door possible going, I bet the Lord's in here somewhere, you know? And I was <laughs> like very optimistic about it. Um, and there's some good things to that, but there's some hindrances yeah. as well. But the thing is for you, you analyze everything to death and you might sit in the hallway looking at two open doors and not walk through until you right. know that you know that you know. Paralysis by analysis. By analysis. Yes. And my thing is, I don't think that you are meant to know on every occasion. I think in some occasions, the Lord's like, both of these are viable doors. Enjoy. Yeah. You yeah. pick. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's um, uh, scriptural precedence for that, not necessarily in narrative form, but Paul describes mature Christians as huyos or full-grown sons and full-grown sons don't need to be told what to do every day. Right. Period. They have co-heir possibilities with Christ. They have a will. They put their will to something. They have a vision. Everything they do, they do is unto the Lord, but they do things. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah. So, but that's not what this question is. No. This question, I have faced a lot of closed doors and I've been patient, but how do I respond? So, I'm going to let you talk so, more. I've talked a lot. No, well, we're almost done. So why don't you just recap again what you said and then we'll end this. Because if this was you me, said, you said, uh, wait, and you said, praise. Psalm 27, wait and wait patiently. And the, so Psalm 27 says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait for the Lord. So So while you wait, you've got to be brave. You've got to be courageous. And I think we know why, because what this verse implies is waiting is painful. And so really we're now into coping strategies for pain while we wait for promises that are unfulfilled. Here's what you should never do. Mm -hmm. Never, never land on the idea that God has abandoned a promise that he gave you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. So it's any other explanation other than God isn't going to deliver on what he said he is that. And to me, that's one of the most powerful truths in the universe that if God were to say, Craig is blue, your molecules in your body and skin would literally change molecularly to make what God said is true. So that's why when God says light be, even though light wasn't light is because his word is 
the true pulse of the universe. So if God promised you something, it's going to happen, which is why when, when God promised Abraham, he'd be the father of many nations through the promised son, Isaac. And then God shows up later and says, kill that son. He's like, well, then that's your problem to fulfill the promise. I'll go ahead and kill him because I still know that Isaac was never the mechanism. Your word was the mechanism. Mm. And I'm going to get what you said I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's the father of our faith. Mm. You want to know why? It's that act. Like, I mean, there's other things, but I think that's the act that sealed him. And that's what the book of James chapter four talks about. So what should you do? Wait patiently and begin to praise and thanksgiving for all the other great things that God has done and remind yourself that God is not a man that he should lie. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I don't know if I have much to add. I I think, uh, recounting as many things as you can to be, to, like you said, speak out the things you're thankful for. Yeah. Uh, we always say that Thanksgiving is the key to the presence of God. Yeah. And his gates are Thanksgiving and his course with praise. Um, for me, a really practical tool is I go back and I reread and listen to prophetic words that have been spoken over my Come life. On. So hopefully you believe in prophecy. If not, we should do an episode on it. Yeah, we should. If you do, you should record either audio or write down every word you get mm-hmm. because sometimes words don't make sense in the moment. But years later, they do. And if you, if you lose them, that's a big problem. Um, and yeah. Well, there's probably more that can be said. But. There is. The thing is, this question is born from someone who's grieving yeah. the weight. And they're in doubt that maybe it, you know, and, and I think a mistake sometimes is what else can I do to make this thing happen? And I think that there's strength in the waiting. There's certainly mm. strength for your character in the waiting. Yeah. There's certainly the real kind of faith that you can count on when things are hard, when you go through something difficult and you still say God is faithful. Those are the saints he's making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the relationships you want. Like C.S. Lewis talks about in the book, Mere Christianity, that no one really understands the full weight of temptation because every man has caved into temptation. Only Christ knows the full weight of temptation and its power because only he truly stood up against it. Hmm. You cannot know the strength. And then he says, you cannot know the strength of the German army by surrendering to it, only by fighting it and overcoming it. And so my response to this question is be so grateful that the father loves you so much that that he literally mobilized a podcast of other believers to talk about your question. Mm. And that is a sign to you that he hears you and he knows you. He's going to use two other people's voices to tell you, wait Mm. patiently and be so grateful for all he's given you. And if it was a promise of God that's behind that door, he is faithful. Yep. He will do it. Not to just brag on Jesus, but I'm telling you he's faithful. Yeah. Well, beautiful. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to stay connected with us, you can find us at thethematicpodcast.com or email us at thethematicpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find everything else that I'm doing at logicostministries.com. Yeah. You can find Daniel and I online, different social channels. He's so much better online. (laughs) He's so much better. (laughs) Daniel has at least tens of followers. I have tens of followers. I'm not very good at posting. (laughs) He's also our graphic designer. Good job, Craig. This is amazing. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. We are answering your question. Well, we are having discussions based on your questions to help you yeah, that's get a way to say thematic it. in your responses. So thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless. Peace.